This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. The Hog Sports Network presents the basketball podcast of Mid-America, the premier Arkansas hoops podcast covering the Razorbacks men's and women's teams. Here's your host, WholeHogSports.com basketball analyst, Scotty Bordelon. Welcome into the basketball podcast of Mid-America. It is November 21st. Arkansas is less than 24 hours from playing its first game at the Battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas. And I am in the Bahamas. I am in the ballroom that Arkansas is going to play in uh, all week. Uh, there is a drone flying back behind my head. I'm not exactly sure why. There was another guy that was up on a ladder changing out the nets and stuff because the women's tournament finished up last night when I was here uh, or when I first got in uh, to to the Bahamas, walked over to the resort and caught a little bit of the last game. I'm excited, man. And it's feast week. I think it's it, other than, you know, the first weekend of the or the first couple of days of the NCAA tournament. I think this part of the year for college basketball is the best. Like you've got Maui going on, Battle for Atlantis, uh, all kinds of tournaments in like Las Vegas and all across the country. Um, I'm excited to be here. Grateful that um, you know we, you know, went the extra mile to to make sure that I I got here, got my passport, all that kind of stuff, ready to go. Uh, we had media day, interview day. Uh, got Eric Musselman, Tremont Mark, Diego Davis. Uh, and I talked to Trevin Brazil not too long ago. Um, so yeah, we can get into some of that. Uh, happy to have Ethan Westerman here too. We're going to get into Arkansas's women's basketball team. Um, they beat UCA on Monday. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, they... we can. Yeah, we can get into we can get into that um, pretty soon. But first, before I wanted to before we get into maybe the the Stanford preview. Um, and get into Arkansas's women beating UCA. Uh, Arkansas lost. Arkansas's men lost their first game of of the season last Friday night against North Carolina Greensboro. Arkansas was favored to win that game by fourteen and a half, and North Carolina Greensboro just controlled the whole game. Man, it was it was crazy. But I think it was kind of the kind of game that Eric expected because UNC Greensboro gave Arkansas such a good game in Bud last season. I think I, lo- I wrote in the lead that UNC Greensboro gave Arkansas a really big test last year. They did more than that this year and just upset them. Um, and Arkansas was like the latest example of a ranked team falling to a mid-major this year, uh, which obviously isn't ideal, but I think it's one of those early wake-up calls that I think Eric can use as like a big-time teaching point. Yeah, I was actually in Jonesboro because the women played over there while that game was going on. And uh, they started at the same time. The women's finished before the men, so I got to catch like the tail end of that. But I just kept on checking the score for the men's, you know, all throughout the women's game. And, you know, I saw it at halftime. I was like, okay, really bad first half. Surely, I was like, surely they'll they'll figure it out and they're just going to come back. And I just kept on checking the score. And at one point, I think it was like a two-point game, maybe. Two or four. Or it was really... Yeah, they got to four points a couple times in the second half. Yeah, it was really close. I was like, okay, they've made the surge. They're like, I, I literally thought to myself, I was like, okay, I'm going to just focus completely on this game in front of me because the men have figured it out. They made that surge. And then I checked it whenever we're in the post-game interviews and I saw it was, uh, Greensboro was at a nine with like three minutes left or something. And it just, it just, I don't know. It seemed to me it was a little bit shocking, but at the same time I went back and I watched the game later and Greensboro played a really good game and Arkansas played 
just it, it was just one of those. I mean, if you shoot five for was it five for twenty three for twenty three from deep, yeah. I see. I gave him a three pointer. Uh, if you if you shoot that from deep and the other team is playing is shooting like they did that. Uh, goodness, I'm blank on his name. Keyshawn. Uh, my goodness, that dude hooped, especially in the first half. Um, it, it just it was one of those that you wonder how Arkansas. You know, they had several like I don't want to say close calls. I mean, Old Dominion was pretty close, but like not comfortable wins, I guess, to start. And it was kind of like, oh, they're gonna are they gonna learn from this? You wonder if it like takes a loss, maybe to sometimes there's teams that learn best just for, like they have to lose to to learn. So uh, I see that drone just kind of drone flying by, dude. Yeah, <laughs> no, I. You wonder. I wonder what it's doing, but <laughs> that's a great question. It's been doing it for like ten or fifteen minutes at this point. <laughs> I gotta ask you, what's the temperature down there? Um. It's funny, I got asked that right before Eric Musselman and a couple of players came in for interviews, and somebody said it's always 81. <laughs> All right, it is a it was it's a cool been, it's been mid 70s to low 80s pretty much the whole time I've been here. It is cool 40s here. So yeah, I heard it was pretty nasty, buddy. Yeah, it's you picked a great time to leave. But when I was driving to X and A early Monday morning. I left my house at 315. Got to XNA a little bit before four. I'm normally a guy that drives five to ten over the speed limit. I was driving like ten under because it was raining so bad. It was it was nasty. So I'm not taking this weather for granted. I, I can promise you. Yeah, I know. I definitely envy you right now. Uh, the women are actually headed to Fort Myers, Florida, for a tournament. So I envy them as well. I will be up here. We got Arkansas, Missouri football on Friday. So yeah, um, last dude. Yeah, it'll be probably a lot of nasty weather then, too. But, Scotty, I'm curious, I guess, with you, too, because you were at the game, the Greensboro game. I mean, from my perspective, going back and I watched just, like, the highlights. I watched – I say I watched the highlights, and I tried to watch it on, like, two times speed, and then I fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> I fell asleep. It was really late. But um, it seemed to me like kind of maybe the two big issues were just poor shooting and then at least in the first half, like, turnovers. Yeah, the turnovers in the first half were just – it's like the drone's flying over my head now. <laughs> I'm a little bit I'm a little bit concerned for my well-being. Um <laughs> the, the the turnovers the other night were just they were it was bizarre. It was like every time Arkansas came down the floor, dribbled it off their foot, threw it to somebody or just threw it uh threw the ball away. Lots of live ball turnovers, you know what I mean? Um finished with 13 in the game. He had 12 in the first half. And that that really, especially late, because Keyshawn Langley scored, I can't remember how many points in the final like five or six minutes of that half. And he like completely seized the momentum of that game. And I think he had 16 or 18 in the first half and a bunch of points down the stretch. He hit four threes and then the um Tim Caesar, a kid from that grew up in Marion, he had he ended up with seven points and a six-point win for Greensboro, which you can imagine that probably didn't sit well with a whole lot of people. But the the Arkansas's three-point shooting, I don't know that that's going to happen again really anytime soon. Um, they went into that game shooting over 40% from three. And then I think at one point Arkansas missed 14 in a row, and I think at one point they were one for 17. Yeah. That's and they, I can't imagine that's going to happen too many times. And they took 23. Do they normally take 23? Is that a normal number? 
feel like that's a pretty good number. And I felt like a lot of the shots that Arkansas got um, maybe early and then um, second half when they're trying to come back, I, I didn't really have a huge issue with the shots they were taking. But I do understand if you have an issue with them taking threes because they haven't been hadn't been making them. But if you want to make some threes, somebody's got to take them. And so I didn't really have an issue with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Stanford does to to Arkansas because I imagine you could probably look at that box score and see four for twenty three. Nobody really, obviously, nobody lit it up. Let's see if this team can can beat us from the perimeter. I think Arkansas's. I think Arkansas is probably going into this expecting to to see some zone, um, and I think they'll, you know, they'll be they'll be ready if, if it does happen. But um, especially like you're playing in a unique and venue like this, like if you stacked four or five of me on top of my shoulders, that last head is going to hit this. It's 26 foot ceiling, um, so it's a it's a little bit of a different environment. Like I kind of I mentioned last week, but ball is still ball. Um, you know what I mean? Like the only reason, the only way it's going to impact either of these teams shooting is, you know, like Trevin Brazil said, if they have to, you know, potentially take a half court shot or need a full court shot, you know, toward the end of a half or something. So, um, I don't think it'll be that big of an issue. And Stanford has a pretty good big man, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Max Renaud, um, he was, uh, yeah, he's, he's a big dude. I mean, he's seven, one, two fifty. Uh, he's from France, so it was interesting listening to him talk earlier today. Um, he said he said Stanford's plan is to out tough Arkansas, and I think he, I thought I kind of found it interesting. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into it or not, um, but if, if he said that just because he thinks that what they've seen from Arkansas to this point, they can out tough Arkansas. Um, it's gonna be yeah, it's just gonna be interesting to watch because I think Makai Mitchell and um right now they're probably going to be singing a lot of each other um in this game i mean kai is the most like body that that arkansas has to Raynaud. um and i imagine Raynaud's going to be stationed probably in the middle or restricted area in that two three zone if, if arkansas sees some of that so um uh, be interesting arkansas's arkansas's got to get nasty on the glass dude like it's just it they they do um Got to watch some of Arkansas's practice today. And one thing that Eric was stressing with the guys was at that first media timeout, we really want Stanford to be like, man, Arkansas plays really hard, really fast. Um, and make it kind of make them respect Arkansas right out of the gate. Cause I mean, if you're Stanford, you're probably looking at that Greensboro score going. <laughs> hey, we're getting the full theatrics on the basketball podcast in America today. We are. Hey, I can, I can do this. There we go. I don't know what's. No, exactly they just know on. that this is a stellar podcast, so they're giving us the full starting lineup treatment. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. It's kind of it probably, probably kind of what the the actual club looks like <laughs> somewhere else. It's built. Um. Anything else that jumped out today in practice or the press conference? Um. Not really. I think Trevin, I asked Trevin about the low ceilings. He's like, first time I played in the ballroom. So that's kind of unique. Um, and then I think I'm going to write about Devo and Eric and TB. Like this is the fourth different country, foreign country that they've traveled to together. Um, I think it's the same for for Makai and um, obviously the walk-ons. But yeah, it's kind of a, 
kind of a neat deal for them. And I think, you know, Eric and Devo are, they're like that, you know, it, after the Kansas game in March, Eric was like, this is like my son. And, you know, he travels with Devo, you know, up, up until this year with, he traveled with Devo more than one of his kids, um, who's now a GA here. Um, yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, and then I think something else that popped out today was um, Jared Haas. He's in his eighth year at Stanford. And Eric, they kind of have a connection. Haas said that, you know, mainly they're, he thinks they have a pretty good relationship from kind of running into each other at Final Fours and tournaments like this and and whatnot. But Eric said that Haas is one of the reasons that he doesn't really like to play those closed door scrimmages in the preseason because Eric took his, maybe his first Nevada team, probably his first division one game experience, even though it was a non-counting game, first division one college experience as a head coach took his Nevada team to Palo Alto. And he said they got pounded. And he's like, after that, I just found no, didn't Mm -hmm. find any, any kind of use for him. Um, but I, I think, think he said too, um, because I went back and listened to that. I think he said that like they got killed in their first game or something too. It's like yeah, the so yeah, kind of like yeah, the closed door scrimmage. I mean, you're playing in an arena that's as full as what I'm in right now. You know what I mean? It's not game like at all. And if you do it behind closed doors and stuff, you can stop and and teach and stuff like that. So it's not really game like. And Eric felt it like it hurt Nevada's confidence. So, um, something else. Anything else that jumps out? Um, you know, Jared Bynum, he's a really talented guard from from Providence. Um, you know, he started his career, I think, at St. Joseph's, played three years at Providence, and then he transferred to to Stanford. And I asked him, I was like, it's, look, from looking at your bio, you're a big-time East Coast guy from everywhere you've been, grew up and all that. But he said, you know, he just he couldn't turn down the chance to, you know, kind of get the Stanford experience and uh, be a lead ball handler. And I think he's got like 34 assists to four turnovers. So if Arkansas can kind of get up in him defensively, make him uncomfortable um, and control him, they I think they they got a pretty good shot to to beat Stanford and move on to uh, that winner's bracket game on, on Thursday. And I mean, I don't know as much about Stanford as you do, obviously, but um, just looking through kind of their schedule, it seems like they haven't had any problems scoring the ball. It's been defending. Um, I know they're three and one with a loss to Santa Clara. I mean, that the loss that lost two guys to the draft or two guys to the NBA last year. So that was kind of that was kind of other Jalen Williams. Yeah, Jalen Williams and then Podzimski or or I think I'm saying that name right. Um, But but they held Stanford to 77 in that game. And it's it kind of seems like for Stanford, they need to they need to get it like in the 80s because they they I mean, their final scores were like 88, 79, 91, 73, eight. they lost 89-77, then they won 95-70. So teams are scoring against them, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that I think that's the that's the deal. I'm about to pull up their Ken Palm page. Yeah, they're 129th nationally in defensive efficiency. Offense has not been an issue. They're, you know, 31st in that metric. Uh don't turn the ball over, Stanford does. So that that obviously helps. I mean, Eric, we've heard Eric say it all the time. You get a shot on goal. That's that's ideal, right? Um, and they've got a guy that I haven't mentioned. I can't believe I haven't done it yet, but Paige Stoyakovich, who all NBA or um, an all-star with the Kings years ago. His son is on this team and he's really good. He's six seven guard who if you watch 
Um, if you watch Stanford Eastern Washington highlights from last Friday night, he put it down on on somebody with a big time dunk, six seven kid that can really shoot it. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that Arkansas has really got to stay attached to coming off of ball screens. Because obviously he could, he's going to be intelligent enough to read the defender on that screen. And he could flare it, or he could you know really curl it, catch a pass, and get into the paint and kind of compromise Arkansas's interior defense. Dump off to Raynaud. I mean, that's just that's kind of worst case scenario. Um, I think so. That's a that's another guy that that they've really got to pay attention to. But um, on the other end of the court, he's got to defend too. And it doesn't like if you're 129th nationally in defense um, as a team, kind of tells me that maybe not everybody that you're playing a whole lot of minutes is super, um, you know, super dedicated to that end. So maybe that's something Arkansas can can take advantage of. And I know Eric, he's been. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and ask you to predict the starting lineup because it's changed like every game pretty much, right? Um, maybe I think it stayed the same after the Purdue game or something. Um, but it seems like every game it's kind of changed a little. How do you see Arkansas like maybe matching up with these guys? I think they'll I think they'll match up fine. I would not be surprised to see a Trevin Brazil, Makai Mitchell front court. Um, on one hand, like you've got to have somebody that can match physically with Raynaud. And I think the closest you have to that is Kai. And then TB, you know, you gotta you gotta play him, right? So he's gonna he's gonna be out there. It's going to be interesting to see what Arkansas does at the guard spots, though. Like, does Jeremiah Davenport get another crack at it? Does Arkansas maybe expecting to see zone play a factor into that? Um, I really think that you're going to see Devo and Tremont Mark in the lineup. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see L. Ellis in there. Obviously, he's he's started each game to this point in the year, um, has made kind of the offense go. Um but I think there's a, like Devo's going to be in it. Tremont Mark's definitely going to be in it. I would I would imagine, and then TB and Makai. And so, does L get that spot? Does Jeremiah Davenport get in there? We'll see. Um, but I think if if Arkansas does get a lot of zone, I would expect to see a lot of Caleb Battle and Jeremiah Davenport. You know, kind of kind of regardless. So it'd be interesting to see. I think that I think Arkansas matches up well. Um, and I, I like Arkansas's chances in this game a lot if if Kai is kind of that dog around the rim that that we know he can be. I'm curious about something else too. I know you got to see the practice, but like um, you know, just from watching these games at the Battle for Atlantis, like over the years, it's just like such a weird backdrop, I'm sure, with just this like dark lit, like all the way around. I guess um whenever the guys were practicing today, did they did you hear anything or like see anything that might like have been throwing off their shot or did it seem like they were pretty comfortable? No, it, it seems kind of business as usual, you know, like I think you walk in here and you say that the ceilings are low and then you take your first shot like you normally would and realize it has kind of no impact on your shot. It just kind of probably kind of fades into the background at that point. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be more, it's going to be about, it's gonna be more well lit than this, and obviously earlier when the lights went out, it'll be a lot better than that. But um, I think it's a cool environment, and like other ballrooms, there's a practice facility or a practice gym in a, one of the ballrooms too. S- same as this, as as far as ceiling height and stuff goes. So I don't I don't see it being a a huge factor at all. Um, I guess we can get into the to Arkansas's women if, if you want to um, before we get out of here. Arkansas went to Arkansas State last weekend. 
uh, or last Friday night and won there Monday night, beat UCA. Are they done playing in-state schools or am I, am I missing They'll one? have one more December the 10th at home against UAPB who has a girl who can fill it up. So they they are not out of the water of like trying to, you know, complete the um, – the four the four team sweep of the in-state schools but i mean they took care of business within the past week they really helped themselves i know espn um like after that first week where they beat beat ulm by three and beat murray state by five espn dropped them like in their bracketology to like the ne- next four out mm-hmm. um it's like they saw the scores i guess i'm not sure how much they watched the games and just dropped them out um climbed back into like a last four by or whatever the where they're basically not even in a playing game anymore i guess they just um th- this past week was good for them as far as getting a little bit more cohesion i think um the first couple games they just have so many new faces and it's like um talia scott just needs the ball in her hands and she needs shots like that's just it helps them like I'm it's for that too <laughs> it's just a little bit different than i guess what they're like like I they just haven't had a person like that since I think like Chelsea Dungey was there for him. Uh, just somebody that's like, you know, let him go to work um, and you'll get buckets. She's shooting almost 50% on the year. Um, and she's taking, I mean, a lot of those makes are layups, but she's also making some just tough pull-up jumpers. It's, it's crazy. Cause she's like the shots she's struggling the most with right now are open threes. And you just wonder like, cause in high school, she just filled it up. Like she, it's like, sometimes she would dribble down the court and if nobody's on her, it's just pull up and just, make them pay and so she's you wonder if she starts hitting these open threes then what this team looks like but yeah they took care of business at a state they fell down early in that game i think it was i kind of expected maybe a little bit of a struggle just off the start just kind of first road game and they were they were kind of amped up over there i mean to have arkansas in town but uh then and they had a big second quarter and just kind of didn't look back from there they started hitting shots too from three they'd really struggled the first like three games shooting from three they kind of found their touch the past two games and the biggest part for me has been uh sailor poffenbarger who led division one in defeat defensive rebounding um entering yesterday she she only she only got six rebounds yesterday so she probably dropped down uh but she started hitting some shots she like made her first three three pointers yesterday and if they can get like her or maybe one other player just consistently hitting threes then they're they're going to be a really tough team to beat just cuz they they can score a lot of ways but yeah they're they took i mean it's it's hard to right now like say much other than they took care of business uh coach neighbors uh, likes to like break up his he does he's done this ever since he's been a coach but he likes to break up his schedules kind of into little increments like just to to make it a little more like vision minded for the team so like he had the first five games of the year were their own little block and he preps for those first five um and it's kind of like he has goals for what he wants to see in each stretch so they got through with their first stretch now and i mean to come out five and oh i think is what probably most people expected but you can never take it for granted. I mean, we're sitting here talking about the men who I'm sure they wanted to go to the Bahamas undefeated. And I mean, it's, they got the, the women, they took care of business as far as they won games and they didn't have a team just come in there and shock them. So, um, you know, they did that. Now they're on their next little stretch where they're going to play in Fort Myers this week. They'll have Wisconsin uh, on Friday and then the winner or loser, depending. It's like a bracket setup of Boston College and Marquette. And then they'll go. They have a tough four game stretch. They have that. Then they'll play number 12 Florida State on the road. That's the ACC SEC challenge. And then they'll turn around and host number two UCLA on a Sunday. So they 
they made it through the first five games how you would expect them to. Now it gets real, and we'll learn a lot about that team. But Talia Scott won Freshman of the Week in the SEC this year, which is saying – or Freshman of the Week this week. I said one Freshman of the Week this year. I'm getting ahead of myself. I think she's going to have a strong case at the end of the year. But it's impressive that she won Freshman of the Week this week, considering that LSU had a girl, Michaela Williams, who dropped 42 points to set an LSU freshman record. And wow. Talia Scott won freshman of the week. So it's she's a she's a bucket. Uh I don't know what else to really say about her other than she's gonna go get you a bucket. Sure. Yeah, love that about a, a player for sure. Yeah. Real quick, and then we'll get out of here. What's um so Arkansas's women going to the Fort Myers tip off? Arkansas is obviously a battle, battle for Atlantis predictions for for you can pick the women and I'll I'll take the the men. I think Arkansas has got a good shot. I think Arkansas has got a good shot to win this thing. I really do. And I'm I'm not super concerned about last week. I honestly think it was maybe one of those one-off type games. I think Arkansas is going to do a lot of learning um, and growing at this at this tournament. Um, I think Arkansas's depth is going to have to come, come up. Obviously, when you're playing back-to-back-to-back days against good competition, you're definitely going to need that. I think Arkansas can win it. I think they'll beat Stanford. What happens those next two days, I'm not really sure. I mean, you're either playing Michigan or Memphis, and then one of Villanova, North Carolina, Texas Tech, and Northern Iowa. Um, so it's it's going to be a tough task. Can Arkansas do it? I think they can, but I think ultimately I think Arkansas leaves – I think they leave Atlantis 2-1. and one. Yeah, on the women's side, I think that – it's going to be really good for them. I think they have a good shot of winning both games they play. But uh, the Wisconsin game, it's it's kind of in a similar spot as the men, I guess, is they're kind of have, going to about to have their first real test against a really good big um, from what Coach Neighbors said today. So that'll be good for them. Just they've played a lot of good guards. I think they have a good shot of winning that game. And then the next game, whoever they play, I just think it's kind of going to be a toss-up, at least on paper. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they leave. It, the only thing that would surprise me is if they leave that tournament 0-2. It wouldn't surprise me if they split the games. It wouldn't surprise me if they win both of them. But uh, they're playing a lot better now. I think also, I've told people this with the team, with this team I've seen, they give me the vibe that they will play to, like, they kind of play to the level of who they're against. Um, Like UCA, they beat them yesterday by 14. Granted, they experimented with lineups a little bit that game, so it, it, it probably could have been like a 20 plus point win um but they just give there's been several times this year they should have beaten a team a lot worse they just give me the vibe that they're gonna ha- like play to the level of who they're against so um wouldn't surprise me to see them split again split them or um maybe come out undefeated ethan thanks for doing this buddy um thanks for i feel like i just got done witnessing like a thousand things happen behind you in the course of this i saw at one point, people posing at half court. At one point, I mean, there was I, the drone is probably still swirling around you somewhere. Somebody starting lineup Disney like introduction, you know? Yeah, but I guess they were making sure that the introduction lights were working. I don't <laughs> really know, but that drone is not in here anymore. Somebody flew it out. Thank goodness. I was worried it was going to hawk me when I left. Um, appreciate you doing this. Obviously, you can you can. Keep it locked at wholehogsports.com for coverage uh, from Battle for Atlantis. I just put a notebook in there about Arkansas's travel day, which was yet, which was on Monday, and it was less than ideal. Did not get to practice on Monday. I've got more 
um, on that and several other notes from from today's media availability. And there, obviously, you can follow Ethan's coverage uh, of Arkansas's women's basketball team going to Fort Myers this week. And then, of course, Arkansas closes the regular season in football against Missouri. Uh, we will have coverage of that, even though it's a seems like a pretty non-consequential game at this point. Um, no bowl eligibility, but um, we'll definitely have coverage of that game on Friday, definitely from somebody uh, in the Hog Sports Network. So keep it locked there. Uh, for Ethan Westerman, I'm Scotty Bordelon signing off from Nassau, Bahamas. We will catch you guys next time on the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. The proceeding has been a production of the Hog Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hog Sports Network reporters on social media.